All right, once again, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast, the place I talk about a lot of dad stuff, as well as guy stuff, all these things that we deal with, our kids, our families, you know the drill by now, at least I hope you do, and if you don't, and you're new here, then welcome to the show. I tend to vent and ramble at times, so I hope you don't mind. Anyways, hope you all had a great week. I actually attempted to go golfing with my family. We have a little nine-hole course we go to sometimes, and Megan, my wife, and my two kids, we attempted to get nine holes in, and it went about as well as you could have guessed. My wife and I had an okay game on this little course, and well, you know, my kids, they they started out okay, but my almost eight-year-old fell apart after a few holes. She had a few shots she was not proud of at all, and uh, she fell apart. She got really upset. She tried to tee off a couple times and didn't have great hits. Better than me when I was eight years old, but I guess not to her standard. So a little backstory. She hasn't had much for golf lessons or even a lot of golf exposure. She did a little golf camp about a year ago. Took about a month, you know, go twice a week or something like that. And then my wife and I will take her to go chip and putt We've done that a few times this summer, and that's pretty much her golf experience. So I thought she was doing pretty well. She was she was willingly teeing off. She was hitting the ball, you know, a few yards out there, and she was putting and all that stuff. But she's just much harder on herself than she should be. She just kept getting quite pissed off about the whole thing. So it kind of started to not really be fun for her anymore, and it was kind of disheartening because we don't want to take all the fun out of sports, right? Now, my five-year-old, on the other hand, she had no idea what in the hell was going on or what she was doing, but she seemed to be having a great time. She just, hey, I want to hit a ball, and and that was it. You know, you give the kids a a colorful ball, and that's all they seem to care about. So after a few tee shots, we ended up relegating them to just putting. So my wife and I would, would tee off, and then wherever our balls landed, then we would have the kids putt. And my older daughter seemed to do a little bit better with that, for a while at least. But she still had a few angry and emotional moments in there. She wouldn't hit the ball that well, she would get mad. She would over-putt, you know, hit past the hole, and she would be really upset. So I don't know, she was just really beating herself up a lot. Which I'm still trying to figure out how I can better help her work through that. She seems like a lot of other kids her age, though, I think. They just get frustrated quite quickly when whatever they're doing isn't immediately mastered or perfect when they try it for the first time or for the first five minutes. Does that kind of sound familiar? Do do your kids do that at all? They get quite angry when they don't have something and they think they should just know how to do it automatically and they've only done it two times in their whole life. And you try to talk them down and it almost just feeds the fire in a way and they just get more and more upset. So at first, it's, oh, cool, yeah, let's go golfing as a family. But let me give you a few pointers, sweetie, so we can help your game a little bit. Nope, no pointers, Dad, I got it all. Then she gets pissed when it's not perfect. Insert shrugging emoji here, I guess. And the same goes for shooting hoops, shooting basketball. We have a basketball hoop in our driveway. Or playing a board game, or going ice skating, or whatever the sport or the activity is, it seems to trend in this direction. And then when I try to talk to her about it, how things aren't easy right away, they're not going to be easy right away. Same as when she started riding her bike, I try to explain to her 
that was not easy, using training wheels and graduating from the training wheels, or when she was in gymnastics and she was doing cartwheels, or whatever it is, but no matter how much explaining I do, it doesn't seem to matter to her. She is just pissed, so I, I don't know. I even try to relate a little bit and tell her that things aren't always easy for me either, and of course she doesn't seem to care about that, but all I know is she told me she never wants to golf again, so we'll see where this goes. But now, to the contrary, if she plays the new game on her iPad or something, she doesn't seem to have an issue. Doesn't complain, doesn't get too mad. Sometimes, you know, she might get a little mad, but not nearly as bad as doing other activities. She'll actually ask me questions when she's playing these silly games, shows me stuff, and asks for help almost, and I I just don't get it. And, And you know my opinion on the iPad. She does not get a lot of screen time. My kids don't get a ton of screen time. I hate having, or I hate seeing them having their neck all cranked and their face stuck in this screen. I don't know. It just rots their damn minds. That's what I always say. So we're actually supposed to play golf again tomorrow, so we'll see how her attitude is. Actually, before I put her down to bed, she seemed a little interested in it. I told her we might go golfing again, and she kind of was like, all right, let's do it. So maybe we'll try it again. I hear the trick is, though, is to keep it fun, and even if that means giving them an incentive to keep it fun, that's always a possibility. So maybe I'll give her a coin for every putt that she does that she doesn't get pissed off about. Maybe I'll try that. I don't know. Maybe that's not a great idea, incentivizing with money. So I guess we will find out. So if you have any tips for me in this region, please send me a message and let me know what to do. Because I'm kind of at a loss here, and I don't want my daughter to totally give up sports because she's just pissed off and upset about it. I just want to get through to her and have her enjoy things no matter how well or terrible we play. And when I say I play golf too, I'm not great. I, I have some good hits, and I have a lot of bad hits. So, Alright, so enough venting on that topic for today. I'll probably brush back up on that see how the next few days and the next uh, golf outing goes and I will update you and see if the incentivizing worked so anyways what I wanted to mainly talk about today was just kind of piggybacking off last week's episode which was about empathy and inclusion and if you didn't listen to that one just hop back a week and catch yourself up like always right But anyways, I did want to say real quick, going along with last week's inclusion is that yes, it is hard, if not impossible, to make someone play or be friends with someone else. I didn't really say that last week and I just wanted to kind of clarify that a little bit. And I wouldn't want to force my kid into that type of situation, I guess, but there's a big but there. You may want to ask yourself why. You may want to ask your kid why. They may not want to play with some other kid or or why they're not getting along with somebody. Try to figure out the answer to that question. Probe a little bit and see what the problem is. We don't want and we don't need our kids hating on each other for no reason, right? Or hating on each other at all for that matter. We don't we don't need that in young kids' lives. So if they look different or talk different or hell if they smell different or They have tattered clothes, I don't know, whatever it is. Turn that into an amazing teaching moment 
and try to put your kid in their shoes. Back to that empathy that I've been talking about. Maybe they can't afford nice clothes. Maybe they can't afford soap. I, I don't know. But yeah, turn that into an amazing teaching moment. As well, go back to that tip that I gave last week as well. Or maybe I read it from some article. I probably did because that's kind of what I do. Is to have your kids say something positive or nice about the other child that they may think is different or that they don't really like. To have them recognize that good in all people. So anyways, I just wanted to say that quick. Just kind of emphasize some of that stuff real fast. But what I wanted to continue with today is another article that I came across while I was searching for the stuff that I talked about last week, and that was getting our kids from selfish to selfless. I think I mentioned it last week. We all know kids can be selfish little assholes at times. Well, maybe a lot of times they can be, and I'm not saying that to to blame them or to shame anybody or shame kids or anything like that. I think it's pretty normal for kids to be like that, especially younger ones. We tend to make them feel like they are the center of the universe for quite a while when they're young. You know, they get everything they want from us, and we almost make it seem like they're the only ones that exist. And I always had thought that selflessness was something, like those other things we talked about, empathy and inclusion, that it was more of a learned behavior. But actually, according to this new study that I found in this article from University of Reading, Reading? Reading? says reading. Anyways, they suggest that selfishness and altruism is derived from natural selection and that that determines the frequency of those traits in other generations. This article, which I will link, of course, says that studies and behavior genetics show that around 40% of the willingness to help others is actually inherited and that those who do not help other people tend to help themselves. It goes on and says the number of altruistic and selfish individuals in a society are controlled by a law of diminishing returns. If there are only a couple altruists in a family and their actions help others in the family sufficiently compared to the cost of the altruistic behavior, then the genes of altruism will do better than the genes of selfishness. Kind of interesting. But also when there are many altruists, natural selection ensures that those genes are less likely to be passed on because there's already a ton of them. Extra altruists may not bring any more benefits to a family. And I don't know why I just read all that, but I did. It's kind of interesting, so I thought I would share it with you. Okay, so now that I and we all understand that selflessness isn't entirely a learned trait, even though I still believe beyond what's inherited that our parenting What we teach our kids and show with our actions is still probably the most important out of all of it. And any amount of positive parenting can change a kid's behavior, at least I believe that. We can't just assume that, eh, that's just the way our kids are. They inherited that shitty behavior, you know, let them be. We got to mold that clay, all right? We got to mold it. Anyways, this second article, helping our kids move from selfish to selfless may be able to Help us with that. Lisa Herman, the doctor of psychology in this article, says that younger kids are naturally more self-centered, and then that will actually shift from self-only to self and others as the brains mature. But actually, not for everyone, because I know some full grown-ass adults that are selfish as hell and can be a bear to deal with. So, not everybody grows out of that selfish behavior. At least I don't think. 
Now, even though this should taper off and get better as kids get older, what if we don't see that change? What if there's still a lot of that self-centered, terrible attitude, even at older age? Then, then what do we do? And I shouldn't have to explain it much, though, right? We all know what that behavior looks like. The constant focus on themselves or they don't appreciate things. You kind of know what I mean. We've all probably seen it at some point with our kids where they're acting acting a fool. And I know we all make mistakes. We do. Our kids do. And if you think your kids are perfect little angels, then maybe you're slightly delusional because nobody is perfect all the time. So anyways, how do we turn this ship around? How do we get our kids to be the polar opposite of little shits? Selfish little shits, right? Well, Dr. Lisa, she says that when kids are little, positive reinforcement and repetition is key. We need to model helping others and sharing. Show them how to do it and praise the behaviors that we're looking for when we do spot them. She also says that sharing, giving, and being able to think about other people's needs needs to be thought of as a learning experience. So we still need to mold that clay. We need to show them how to be a selfless person and think of others. It's teaching, teaching, teaching. Now, Dr. Lisa splits us up in between what to do for younger kids and older kids, but she doesn't really tell us an age range. So we can kind of assume a younger kid is 8 to 10 maybe, an older kid is older than that. But anyways, she says that with older kids, make sure that we are doing some volunteering of some sort, engaging and giving back, and also to emphasize what it may feel like to be in someone else's shoes. And there we kind of come back around to that empathy again, don't we? Very, very popular trait there, empathy. Lastly, she says to set a good set of boundaries and be consistent. Don't flip-flop or enforce one thing and then not another or praise one thing and then not another. I did search around and grab a few other ideas from another article. And yes, I'll link it too. I don't want to be nailed for stealing someone else's work or anything like that. So all the articles that I always use are listed in the description so you can open them and read them at your leisure. Some of them, a lot of them, are full of a lot of good information. But like I always say, I'm no doctor. I don't know the answers to these questions, so I find people that do. Anyways, this article from yourmodernfamily.com, and this is a big one too, and I think it's important, is don't gossip and complain in front of your kids. We all do this one. I know we all do. Don't try to lie to yourself and say that you don't because we do. Complaining about work, complaining about your day, complaining about your coworker, gossiping about your coworker, something with a friend or a neighbor or anything, any of that stuff. When we do that in front of our kids, before we know it, our kids are doing it as well. And they're gossiping about either the same things or things that relate to them with their friends and schools and teachers and whatever else. Remember, they're they're the sponge and whatever we do, they seem to emulate. Seems like a lot of ages. I'm only experienced up to eight years old, so I don't know if, if older kids and teens emulate their parents and, and pick up on that stuff. I imagine they do, but I don't have experience with it. And another thing to kind of go along with this one is being hard on ourselves. When we beat ourselves up about something that we did wrong or we messed up or I didn't play my golf game that well and I hit a really sour shot and I had a bad attitude about it, then our kids will kind of do the same things that we do. You know, take my daughter, for example. Maybe she learned some of her behavior from me. I don't know. So maybe that's where she's getting some of it from. 
Another, they say, is tell our kids stories about times where we helped someone or we volunteered for something or did something without getting something back. Kids love stories. Hell, I mean, I even love stories, but just be that great example for your kids. And and I've said it a hundred times, you know, they're watching us and you have to show them how it's done. We all help people when we can, right? At At least I hope we do. And actually, just the other day, I was going down to the old Home Depot to get some trim for this project, and I saw this guy, and he was trying to fit this very large box into his minivan. And I started to walk by, but then I stopped myself and thought about it a split second, and then I turned and I said, hey, do you guys need, you need some help? You need a truck? And of course they needed a truck. They were trying to fit this four and a half foot wide box that was probably eight feet long into a, a minivan, and a you could tell it wasn't going to go right. So I told him that if your box will fit in my truck, that I would move it for you, no strings attached. I didn't have a whole lot going on that day. They said it just needed to go around the corner. So I said, yeah, let's 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 handle this. And uh, I guess that might be the way abduction movies start. So that could have been the start to a crazy horror movie. But anyways, the box fit in the truck. I hauled it for him. No problems. Just being a nice guy. And they were very, very happy. They tried to Venmo me and and they wanted to pay me. And I just declined. I said, don't worry about it. I just said, you know, do unto others. And that's that's pretty much all I said. And I went back to Home Depot and went about my day buying trim. And I actually haven't told my kids that story yet. So I'll have to do that the next time this topic comes up. All right, another tip they give is give kids the opportunity to help others. I think oftentimes us as parents, we jump into things a little bit too quick we are the, the quote-unquote, the problem solvers. We step in immediately and fix things and fix issues or get this or get that out or help reach this or help do that. I think we can all relate with that. One, we do it because that's just our nature. And two, because more often than not, we are in some sort of hurry for some dumb reason and I don't want to wait around for Kennedy, my youngest, to open the box of pasta to boil it for dinner or for Olivia to bring the groceries in from the car or something like that. But we do need to give them that little bit of responsibility, that opportunity to help us, opportunity to help their siblings too. I mean, that's just, that goes without saying. And the more they help, the more natural it will become. So if they start helping us and family members, then maybe they'll They'll reach out to the kid in school. Maybe they'll reach out to the teacher at school. So hopefully it kind of spreads in that positive direction. And then the one last thing I will mention before I'm done talking about this is for them to understand why we do this stuff, why we help other people, why we go out of our way to do the right thing and, and not get anything reciprocated back, not get money, not get anything, a pat on the back or anything, just doing it out of the kindness of our hearts. I think that's really important. Another example is picking up trash. If your neighborhood is anything like mine, when the trash truck comes, it's going to be a a tornado of boxes and floating papers and cardboard and whatever else blown all over the place. It always seems like trash day is on a windy day. I have no idea why, but it seems to work out that way. And I usually have my girls go help me pick up the trash that's kind of blown all over the place. And sometimes they ask me why why we're doing this. Dad, why do we have to pick up trash? And I explained to them that this is helping the neighborhood, helps the neighborhood look nice. It's helping the other neighbors. The other neighbors appreciate it. And it's also helping nature and the animals so they don't get into this junk all over the place. And 
And it's also for us because it kind of makes us feel good as we're doing it. And the bottom line is, and I'll say it again, is we're molding the clay, people, right? We're molding that clay. The hands-off approach does not work. We are the role models. We're the teachers. And we don't want to raise selfish little assholes, okay? So we got to mold the clay. Okay, that's the last time I'll say it, I promise. All right. Anyways, I'm kind of tired of talking about this now. So it's time to close this one up, at least until... Something pops into my head about selfishness or molding clay, and then I'll bring it up again probably in a few weeks. Who knows? We'll see. It's the last thing I wanted to mention tonight, and it's not really a good note to go out on, but it's been kind of on my mind lately, so I'll figure I'll touch on it a little bit. Happened down in Greenwood, Indiana, about 50 minutes away from me, and it's just more f***ing shootings, man. What in the hell is going on with these people these young men essentially that are doing this these men they're what under 25 years old it's just a terrible trend that's happening all these young guys young kids pretty much under 25 20 years old 19 years old 22 years old and they're making these terrible decisions and it just makes me really worry about my family my friends my kids it makes me want to go get a concealed carry not that I ever want to be involved in a situation like that, but I guess I just don't really know anymore. And I do want to dive into this a lot more, a lot deeper. I'd like to do a whole episode, maybe maybe even an hour on it, and that'll probably come at a later time. I would really like to talk to someone that knows more about it. I don't know if that's a psychiatrist, if that's somebody in law enforcement that can educate me on some stuff somebody that knows a lot more than I do so that should be coming I don't know when I'll get that one done you know it's kind of a touchy subject so I will start building notes for that but anyways this concludes today's episode of stay at home dad's podcast like always if you have any questions or comments for me about today's episode or anything that I do here even if you want to shoot me a show topic that you would like me to talk about or if you would like to talk to me feel free to send me a message uh, either on my social media or over on podbean.com both are linked in the description below but let me know what's on your mind let me know if you have any other ideas or anything else that we can help our kids with some of these issues uh, that sport one too i need to know more about that how do we how do we get that uh, sportsmanship kind of going in our kids when they're not understanding how to play a game and they just get frustrated? How do we how do we build them into a better sports player, I guess, for lack of a better term? Anyways, lastly, please tell a friend or a stranger, that would even be cool too, that they can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. And that's it. I'll talk to you all next week.